This is the Puppy Training Podcast, episode 120, Effective Discipline. This podcast is designed to help you on your journey of becoming best friends through love and learning as you train your own dog from home. And I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Puppy Training Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Jensen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. I'm excited today to talk about discipline. Often I get people who ask me, why don't you ever talk about punishment? Or what do you do when your dog does something you don't want them to do? And how do you get them to stop? So we're doing a podcast on it. We're talking all about it today. I'm excited. Here we go. Now Webster defines discipline as one, to punish or penalize for the sake of enforcing obedience and perfecting moral character. Number two, to train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control. I found those two definitions to be fascinating. When it comes to discipline, the first definition often comes to our minds. What can I do so my dog learns they shouldn't do that again? Well, here at Baxter and Bella, we prefer the second definition, to train or teach and develop our dogs by instruction on how to have self-control. We suggest rewarding your dog for what you want them to do rather than punishing them for doing things you don't want them to do. This takes practice to think this way. Be patient with yourself and be patient with your dog, but give it a try. They are not always going to choose what you want them to, but the more you put into practice what we are talking about today, the more you'll see they do start choosing the good. It is important to teach your dog what to do and that they get paid for it. Make it worth it to them. Dogs only do what works for them. So what gets rewarded often gets repeated. Now, why do I train this way? In short, I want to be a joy to my dog. I want my dog to want to be around me. I want to see them excited to train and work with me. That's difficult to do if they are fearful of me or afraid of what I might do to them. To foster a good relationship with my dog, I teach them what I want them to do, and then I make it worth it to them. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying be a pushover. I do set rules and boundaries for my dogs. Sometimes we take a timeout, meaning we take a break from the session. Maybe I need to cool down. Maybe my dog needs to cool down. This may mean alone time for me in my room, or my dog can take a break in their crate or pen with a chew. Then when we are feeling better, we can continue. Taking a break is a better way to handle frustration than inflicting pain or fear on my animal. Some examples I've been asked about are spraying a dog in the face when they bark or pinching their lip when they bite. Have you heard of the shaking a penny can to scare your dog when they say approach the counter or shocking your dog when they leave the yard, etc.? The list is long. It goes on and on. There's a lot of ways to punish a dog. I ask myself, Will this method keep my relationship with my dog strong or will this break it down? If the answer is along the lines of tearing us apart or causing additional behavior problems, it is not worth it. There are plenty of creative approaches to getting the same results, but doing so in a more positive way. Management and training go hand in hand and work really well together. Often I can prevent my dog from doing many unwanted behaviors and can then teach them what to do in specific situations. The more my dog is rewarded for their good choices, the more they choose the good choices. It is a beautiful thing. Thinking this way takes practice. It takes time to anticipate what my dog might do. For example, I know when Baxter stares out the patio window, he might find something to bark out. 
How do I know this? He's done it before. He barked out the patio window. Now, knowing that he might do this, instead of letting him stand there and stare, I simply redirect him by asking him to come near me and offer him a chew instead. He then goes and chews the item and the window is forgotten. Now he's on to a good activity and the barking did not occur, which means it is not part of the behavior pattern. I create a new pattern. Look out the window, walk away, and have chew time. Dogs, you guys, love patterns. Think about it. Often I hear this, my dog jumped on the counter and I said, off. He got off, so I paid him. Now I think he's jumping on the counter, so I will say off and he will get a reward for it. Does this sound familiar to anyone out there? This dog has created a pattern. The unfortunate event in all of this is that counter surfing is still part of the pattern. Instead, take the jump out of the pattern. The dog is learning what to do around counters at this point. It is my job to teach them walk away from the counter. Notice I put that in terms of what do I want my dog to do instead of saying and focusing on what I don't want them to do. To teach my dog to walk away from the counter, I must be aware my dog is headed toward the counter. Yes, that's right. That is where supervision and management come into the picture with my puppy. I notice he's interested in the counter, but giving no attention to the actual counter, I redirect my puppy by asking him for a behavior I like. This can be a lot of things. It could be a sit, a come, down, go to bed, some tricks. Maybe we play a game. I had a client who coined this as changing the brain channel of the dog. I love that. Yes, get your dog thinking about something else, realizing if it is just one second and you go back to what you were doing and your dog will most likely go back to what they were doing, which was heading toward the counter. So be sure to really get your dog's mind on a new activity or manage. You can tether your dog to you for a bit and they can be your sidekick. It's great loose leash walking practice. Maybe it's time to go in their crate or pen with a favorite chew toy. It can be something simple. It does not mean you now have to entertain your dog for hours to keep them away from the counter. Simply show them it's worth it to walk away, reward them for doing so, and get them on a new activity, whether that is structured time with you or alone time for them with their favorite toys or chews. By being proactive and using management to set boundaries for your puppy, we eliminate the need for pain or fear on our part. If my dog does happen to put their paws on the counter before I could prevent it, okay, then yeah, say off and reward them for getting off. Definitely move them on to a more appropriate activity. But nine times out of 10, they are not practicing that behavior because I am showing them what I want them to do instead first. And the more you do this, the more they start to choose that on their own. Here are a few more examples for you. Don't want my puppy to jump on me while I sit on the sofa? Think, hmm, what do I want them to do instead? Ask them to go to their playpen and reward them for it by giving them their favorite toy while I relax before I sit down. The key, be prepared and have a plan in mind before you sit down. Don't want my puppy begging at the dinner table? Think, hmm, what do I want them to do instead? Teach them how to do that and how to get paid for it. Maybe I ask them to go to bed and pay them for laying on their mat while I eat. The key, be prepared and have a plan in mind before I sit down to eat. Maybe guests are coming over. Think, what do I want my dog to do when they arrive? What do I want this to look like? Be mindful of what your puppy can handle and always try to set them up for success. Just like I wouldn't ask, say, a kindergartner to do calculus, I'm not going to ask my puppy to sit-stay in the presence of a very exciting person when they don't even know what a sit-stay is. Or maybe they know what a sit-stay is, but they have a hard time performing one at that level of distraction. 
We work up to harder behaviors over time. So try to keep realistic expectations when it comes to your puppy and training. With that note, try keeping your puppy in a pen when the guests first arrive. Give a bit of distance to help your puppy calm down more quickly. Instruct the guest to toss a treat away from your puppy for your puppy to go chase. When the puppy turns back to the guest, repeat the toss away. Repeat several times until your puppy can focus enough to sit, to say please, and then the treat gets tossed away. Now the new rule is sitting gets the treat to be tossed. The puppy is now sitting to be greeted in a very basic way with rules and boundaries in place and no punishment needed. I think you see where I'm going with this. I hope the phrase, what do I want my dog to do, is starting to pop up on its own in your mind. That's what we want. Show your dog what you want them to do, pay them well for making that choice, and watch as they choose it more often. When they decide to do a different choice, try to make that the minimum. That's the 10% versus the 90%, right? And if needed, just redirect them. They take a break, you take a break, and then we get back to the preventative side of behavior. Your relationship will grow in a positive way by doing this. Your dog will enjoy being around you and want to train and work with you. It is a beautiful thing and an effective way to discipline, meaning to train or develop by instruction. You guys are amazing. Please give yourself grace as we are all doing the best we know. At a recent conference I attended over the past weekend, the quote of the day was, do what you know until you grow. That's a beautiful thought. Happy training, you guys. I will talk to you soon. If you have a question about anything you heard on this podcast or any other puppy training question, visit my site, baxterandbella.com to contact me. 